Welcome, friends, to this brand new edition of A Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry with Pastor Brad Abley. We're delighted that you've joined us today, and we've already been praying for you, that you would meet the Lord in a fresh new way. We've also been praying that you would be changed and transformed into the image of Jesus by the power of His Word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now, let's resume our Know Your Faith series as we go through the entire Gospel of Luke patiently, slowly, and verse by verse. Here's Pastor Brad. Well, very warm greetings to you, my friends. This is Pastor Brad Abley with the Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry, a ministry that is designed to take you deeper into the Word of God. And I am grateful to God for this privilege and this opportunity to bring His Word to you And I am certainly grateful to you for listening to this broadcast as well. Please consider sharing with others about the broadcast and letting them know uh, how they can benefit from it as well. Now, my friends, um, we were, uh, it's always shocking when we hear of someone dying before their time. That is, instead of passing away, let's say in their 80s or 90s, they pass away in their 20s or 30s or 40s. I just saw an article listing how many famous people died suddenly. And always bothers me a little bit because they get all the attention, famous people, But what about the people who are not famous, who don't get that kind of attention, but they are every bit as important as famous people? For example, most people know about the great basketball player, Kobe Bryant, who died in a helicopter crash. I think he was in his early 40s, along with his 14-year-old daughter, I had a conversation with a man that was good friends with him, and he said that 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 his daughter, this this particular daughter, was very close to Kobe. And naturally, in our minds, they died of, uh, I think I've already just mentioned, they died of a helicopter crash. But naturally, in our minds, we wonder why. Why do some people die suddenly while others live their entire lives. And then if we're honest and we dig a little bit deeper, many people wonder if people who die suddenly, quote, unquote, had it coming to them. That is, maybe they they did something to deserve an early death. Now, not everyone thinks that way, but some do. And this is exactly the case on two matters that Jesus addresses in Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. One uh, tragedy was reported to him, and he responded to it, and then he brought up another occasion of a great unexplained tragedy. And we find those two important occurrences, and we have much to learn from, 
in Luke, again, in Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. Before we get there, let me just say, there are many ways that the Bible uh, instructs us or guides us in how we can respond to tragedy. But in this passage, Jesus gives us one major way that he wants everyone to respond in, and that is with a sense of urgency to get right with God. Because the next moment, the next day, the next week or month or year is not promised to any one of us, any of us. A matter of fact, there's no doubt that some people are going to pass away today. Maybe even some people listening to this broadcast or tomorrow or the day after. And most people would be shocked because this will happen, no doubt, to some that are young. And so because life is unpredictable, there is a sense of urgency to get right with God now. Would you pray with me? And then we'll get to Luke 13. Father, what a sobering message we're about to see from the lips of Jesus. And I pray that we would hear with a sober spirit, a sober mindset, with eyes wide open, hearts wide open, ears wide open to you. And help us to be wise enough to understand that we human beings are finite. Our understanding is limited. We can't, we, we didn't cause ourselves to be born and we cannot predict the day of our death. And so, Lord, speak through me. Help me to be accurate in all that I teach. And we ask for great fruit to come forth through this message, that you would accomplish that, Holy Spirit, to glorify the Father and the Son in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I wanted to mention that I am bringing this message to you from Chesapeake, Virginia. Now we're ready to get into Luke chapter 13 in our series called the Know Your Faith series. And what an what a passage to to know about our faith. Even better, Luke chapter 13. Now, on the same occasion, what is Luke referring to? Well, Jesus has had just gotten done addressing his disciples and the crowds. As a matter of fact, in Luke chapter 12, from, and I spent three weeks on this, Luke 12, verses 49 through 59, in every single message focused on the urgency of Jesus' teaching to, to get right with him. 
there was a there was an urgent there's an urgency in that passage and in fact even the passage before that in Luke 12 verses 35 to 48 getting being ready for his return and him saying point blank that he's coming at a time that people don't expect now he's laid it out for us ahead of time and yet human beings are asleep concerning their spiritual destiny are you are you asleep concerning your spiritual destiny my friend are you unconcerned about where you will spend eternity do you realize that our lives are only a vapor then you need to hear this message Luke 13 and verses 1 through 5 so there's the there's the immediate historical background and the literary background that is the the verse or passage that comes before the one that we're studying when we when we are disciplined to keep those things in mind the historical background the cultural background and the literary background that will enable us to better understand and interpret the present verse or passage and so now we can move on in Luke 13 verse 1 now, on the same occasion, there were some present who reported to him, that is to Jesus, about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed or shed with their sacrifices. You know, what's, what's noteworthy to bring out here, for us, we have news, we have a news cycle that is 24-7. And those that have access to the internet, you could read stories all day long from sources and reports and newspapers all over the world. And at any given time, the news is filled with tragedy, shootings, um, other insane things that happen from violence. But back in Jesus' day, there were no newspapers. There, were, there was no internet, of course. And so news traveled by word of mouth. And so it's important for us to keep in mind. And, and so when tragedy struck, you know, we are inured to tragedy. That is, we are numbed to tragedy because we hear about it so often. In our country, we hear about mass shootings and mass killings all the time. And sometimes it's if you pay attention to the news, it's 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 impossible to avoid these things. And so you in your mind you just want to check out because it's too much. I don't like to read or or watch news stories about tragic events. And so tragic events then had a much greater impact on the people then than they do today. But we have much to learn from what Jesus says. So again, 
they are Jews from the Galilean region who were worshiping God, and I, I and they would have been at the temple, so they would have traveled from the region of Galilee up to Jerusalem to offer sacrifices in worshiping God. But Pilate, who was who could be a brutal Roman governor, and the Galileans, generally speaking, speaking hated Pilate, and Pilate hated them. They caused him a lot of trouble. They were, in his view, rebellious. They were notorious, notorious for their rebellious ways. Pilate was guilty of brutal acts. And so there was a clash. It may have been some sort of retribution by him. And to make his point for all Galileans, he had this particular group executed while they were sacrificing to God. That's a heavy-duty matter. And so they reported to Jesus what had happened. Apparently, he didn't know about it. This must have been some sudden occurrence. And he asks them a question. Do you suppose, verse 2, that these Galileans were greater sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered this fate? Now, why would he ask a question like that? <laughs> I can tell you why. It was commonly accepted as a fact among most Jews at that time that when tragedy struck, those who experienced it must have deserved it. They believed that, that those who were the victims of great tragedy were worse sinners than others. Even going back to the book of Job, Job's friends started out well in consoling him by being with him for seven days and not saying anything. And then they started to blame Job and they accused Job of having some sort of secret or hidden sin. And they all chimed in and said, look, Job, tragedy like what you've gone through doesn't happen to innocent people. It happens to guilty people. They were completely unaware that God had allowed this to happen. And he had allowed Satan to attack Job. And I won't take the time to go into the reasons right now. But for us, the truth is this, that human beings, listen, we like to think that we have it all figured out that we can observe great tragedies and determine why they occurred. And some gleefully assign blame to those who, who have suffered. And that's a dangerous thing. And if or when people can't, uh, uh, can it, and if or when these people admit that they can't figure out why tragedies occur, Listen, their default is always to assign blame to God, who by God's own definition is only good while refusing to assign blame to themselves. 
God is an easy target for, for these kinds of people. And then they question his goodness. Well, if God is really a good God, why does he allow suffering? Or if God is all powerful, then why doesn't he stop suffering? Leaving out the reality and the fact of man's free will. And the truth is, I could say to that kind of a person, well, then let's take away your free will and make you a robot and cause you to automatically always do what is right and you have no say in the matter. Well, if that took place, then suffering would end immediately. But who will volunteer to surrender his or her free will? You see, man is created in God's image and according to his likeness in the moral sense. And therefore, man has a moral responsibility to do what is right. And when he shuns the conviction of the Holy Spirit, when he shuns the word of God, when he refuses to obey God, when he refuses to submit to God, then God leaves him to his own devices. And man left to his own devices is a dangerous creature who is capable of committing the most horrific crimes. That, my friends, is a chief reason that we see so much senseless violence all throughout our world is because man has become his own God and he chooses to do what he pleases, when he pleases, and how he pleases, and doesn't care about anybody else but himself. And we're not wired, we're not created that way. We are created to depend upon our creator. And to the extent that we refuse to do that, and the Holy Spirit warns us again and again and again and again, and we refuse, then he is going to allow us to go down a path of great destruction. And the problem is, when that happens, others are affected as well. So here is Jesus' warning. Tragedy will strike. These Galileans were not worse sinners than all the other Galileans that this did not happen to. Well, think about it. There must have been Galileans who were sacrificing the very day before that, and the day before that, and the day before that. Maybe even just before this senseless act of slaughter took place. They escaped, and Jesus is saying, do not come to the conclusion that those Galileans that this didn't happen to are better than the ones that it did happen to, but you must repent. He says, in verse 3, I tell you no. Let me, let me go back and read starting from verse 1 again. Now, on the same occasion, there were some present who reported to him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had shed or mixed with their sacrifices. Verse 2, and Jesus said to them, do you suppose that these Galileans were greater sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered this 
fate. Verse three, I tell you no, and no is emphatic, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Unless you turn away from your own way, away from your sin, and have faith in me, Jesus is saying, you are also going to perish. Now, it's important that I point out that Greek word perish doesn't mean to cease to exist, but it means to come to a ruination of all that really matters. And those people who refuse to repent have one destination, and that is an eternity in hell, in conscious torment with no possibility, (coughs) excuse me, of any change whatsoever for eternity. You see, my friends, this matter is a the most important matter there is in life. What you do with Jesus, what you decide concerning Jesus, will you surrender your life to him or will you live your own life in complete Rebellion against him, turning away from him. What will you do? You must make a decision. Ironically, Jesus himself would be executed not much longer after this occasion. He was on his way to Jerusalem to be crucified. And here he was innocent. And so he takes care of this foolish notion that Those who suffer great tragedies had it coming to them. They must have done something wrong, and therefore God judged them. But listen, my friend, this life is precarious. Again, none of us can determine even tomorrow. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Then verse 4, or do you suppose that those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them were worse culprits or sinners than all the men who live in Jerusalem. I tell you no, verse 5, but unless you repent to turn from sin, you will all likewise perish. Again, come to ruination, to an end of all that matters, of all that is important. And so, my friends, where do you stand? You see, man has yet another serious problem when it comes to eternal life and getting right with God. He puts off salvation for another day. And therefore, he has no sense of urgency to get right with God right now. And that is what Jesus is teaching. He doesn't even give a reason for the tragedy. Certainly behind it, the first tragedy was Satan. Behind the second tragedy, it could have been a faulty tower. We don't know. This world is a vulnerable world. You go out driving, what happens when people drive their cars? 
well, they get from one place to another, but not always safely. Sometimes there are severe accidents, and sometimes those accidents end in death. But I guarantee you, when the people get in their car, thinking they're going to arrive safely at their destination, they're not thinking, this could be my last moment on earth. And so I bring it back to you, my friend. What are you going to do about your own eternal destiny, about the unpredictability of your own life, about your inability to extend your life one moment longer than you think. And Jesus is warning everyone, don't put off salvation any longer. So I'm going to pray right now for those of you who are listening to this broadcast who have never repented of your sin, that is to turn from your sin in faith to surrender your life to Jesus and receive him as your Lord and Savior, to receive his forgiveness of sin and to receive his eternal life. That is one certainty in life, that when someone does that, they will spend eternity in heaven the minute that they die. That's what the Bible teaches. The second you die. And so I'm going to offer an opportunity for you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior right this minute, my friend. It's only a prayer away, and what matters is the condition of your heart. Don't pray this prayer with me unless you are willing to completely surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to pray right now. These words, pray with me if you mean it in your heart, Lord Jesus Christ. Pray with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I surrender my life to you. Take my life, Lord Jesus, and live your life in me. And I will live for you, and I will serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you have heard my prayer. Thank you, Jesus, that you have forgiven me of my sin. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your gift of eternal life. And now let me pray for you, my friends. Father, in the name of Jesus, may the power of God come upon everyone that prayed that prayer with me to protect them from the lies of the evil one and the persecution of people and the pressures of this life to back away from their decision to follow you, Lord Jesus, all the days of their lives. And we ask this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. My friend, I welcome you into the kingdom of God. I welcome you into the family of God, which is the church of Jesus Christ. Let someone know that you just made the, this decision. It's vital that you let someone know right away. You can even just let me know. Go to my website, bradably.com. Click on the connect button and just tell me. You don't even have to give me your full name. Give me your first name. 
but let somebody know. And now, Father, for all those that are listening to this broadcast, may your presence meet every single person. Father, bring your encouragement to those who are discouraged, to the downtrodden, to the hopeless. Bring your hope, your presence, your power, and your provision for those who desperately need your provision. Provide for them according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Father, I pray for marriages that husbands and wives would choose to forgive each other, would humble themselves before one another, would uh, consider each other as more important than themselves, that you would bring reconciliation to relationships all throughout this listening audience. And Father, that you would protect us from the evil one all the days of our lives. And we ask these things in your mighty name, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you, Pastor Brad, for this outstanding message and time of ministry. Friends, Pastor Brad and his wife Maureen need a prayer team. Would you kindly consider praying for them on a daily basis? Thank you for your partnership. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please tell others about it. If you would like to partner with him financially, please go to his website at bradably.com. You can also check out his two devotionals and his commentaries on amazon.com. Until next time, we pray that our Lord stir you daily to have a greater heart after him in every way.